guys, welcome back to the Chris Kukoch Audio Experience. I'm your host, Chris Kukoch from Barilla Page Signature, and today we've got a special treat. I've got Gareth Cal from Dominion Lending. How are you doing, Gareth? Good, Chris. Good. Awesome pronunciation of the of the Cal. Well done. Impressed. Thank you very much. I practiced that for a little while. <laughs> good, good, good. So, uh, Gareth, today I've got you here. You're going to tell us a little bit about um, some upcoming events that you're going to be hosting, some sure. seminars you're putting on. Yeah. We've uh, got a few questions from our listeners as well. Awesome. Uh, but first, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background in the business? Um, background in the business is, well, I'm a mortgage broker I'm with Dominion Lending. My background and how I got into this industry, I suppose, I've always had a love for doing mortgages. Um I suppose finance in general. So I, my background is is more corporate. I was in the, the banking world for a long time. I worked with CIBC. And I suppose I started in an entry-level position with them. Quickly crawled up the corporate ladder, essentially by bouncing between the different institutions. I worked for Scotiabank for a bit. I worked for Duke Credit Union. And always increasing my role, increasing my responsibilities from the guy who opens the accounts to... Uh, financial advisor, financial planner, branch manager, and now, I suppose the side of the industry that I've always loved, the mortgage side of thing. I've been a mortgage broker for a number of years now as well. So you spend a lot of time developing relationships with the people that are doing the lending now. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And and in our business, that those relationships are key. Um, you know, things are so complex in in a, in a mortgage. It's not just. I know we're going to live it off the topic, but it is a complex uh, product. And you want to know all the ins and outs to make sure we're giving the right advice to people. So you're doing some seminars coming up to really keep our clients more informed. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing. Yeah, we're we're planning some seminars, and we've already we've already started rolling them out already. And, and as you said, it is to keep people more keep our clients more informed. The, we find that the average Canadian, when it comes to uh, the questions that they ask about their own mortgage, they only ask three questions: Who's my lender? What's my rate? And what's my payment? There is a lot more in a mortgage contract besides those three questions. And we want to make sure our clients are well informed uh, when it comes to, well, I suppose, managing a large debt on, on, the, on their home. So we want to make sure our clients are knowing all the ins and outs. My apologies. Go ahead. I was going to say, most often, the biggest purchase they're ever going to make in their whole life. 100%. And, it's, it's, and it, it could be the first of many of those big purchases if they do start increasing on their own real estate portfolios. So... The purpose of these seminars is A, for that first time buyer who's making that first step on the ladder, they got to know all the ins and outs. And from an impartial point of view, um, we want to make sure the clients know not just what the bank wants them to know, but they actually know what they're signing um, as part of that mortgage contract. And the second one um, that we're doing is for our investors. So what we do as well is we help our clients grow real estate portfolios. Um, I, as I mentioned that on the intro, we I have a financial planning background, so it's more using that financial planning background to basically help our clients, you know, solve those questions that might keep them up at night. Uh, I want to get rid of my mortgage as quick as possible. I want to let's get it paid off, or how am I going to put my kids through university? How am I going to pay for that education? Because we all know university is expensive. Okay. Exactly. And then the other one we 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 most commonly heard from the bank side of things is. How am I going to pay for retirement? We're living longer in retirement and you know we don't want to compromise our lifestyle just because we stop working. And We can take some measures now and we can make sure we're going to be comfortable when that time comes. And those seminars are geared towards answering those questions. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of good information there. It's it been extremely well received. And the most recent one we did on 
just last week and uh, with the room was full and um, yeah it was actually spilling out into the I hallway think I saw people standing in the hallway exactly exactly so it was it was a fantastic event the feedback was phenomenal and we've already started putting action plans in place for our um, attendees and um, great because it, it was we, we like to think of it as, as a bit of an eye opener as to what's yes. to come and what we can do now to to address that that's exciting yeah looking forward to it Let's talk about the first time homebuyer seminar first. Love to, yeah. So I know as a realtor, one of the first things that I tell a first time homebuyer when they come to me is get a mortgage broker on your team now. Do it early, don't wait till later. Exactly. So after we pass them off to you, um, what are the first steps you're taking? Well, basically, the, the first step is to find out about, about the client, about the, about the buyer, and what's important to them, what are they hoping to achieve. We want to, whether they're looking to buy a condo or a house, we want to look at their present financial situation and see what steps they need to take. Maybe they need to kind of rejig their finances a little bit to be prepared, or maybe they just maybe they're in the perfect position now. We want to make sure our, our clients, especially when you hand them off to us, Chris, that they're they're well informed. And there's a lot in a mortgage contract, a lot more than our clients are are, are led to believe. We want to make sure they know all the ins and outs of of that contract, but. I suppose the first thing we do is we get them pre-qualified. We want to get them, actually not even pre-qualified, we want to get them pre-approved. We want to make sure that their income is as Sorry, presented. Gareth, before you continue, can you tell me what the difference is between pre-qualified and pre-approved? Because I think a lot of folks don't understand that. And I would agree. There's um, the two terms get thrown around in very loosely um, in the industry. Um, pre-qualified essentially is just, here's my details, here's my numbers. Goes into a spreadsheet. Straight away, you find out how much you're going to get. Now, more often than not, that spreadsheet, is that's all it is. That's as far as it's gotten. It hasn't hit an underwriter. A credit check hasn't been done. And income hasn't been verified. So unless you're actually handing over documents to somebody, and by documents, I just mean like your income details so that we could, a, a, an underwriter can examine them and, and determine exactly what your income is for qualifying purposes, that's where we get more towards a pre-approval, a proper pre-approval, i.e., an underwriter has, has reviewed your documents, they've had a look at your credit, and they've determined that this is the amount of money that they are going to lend you. So it's it, a lot more secure to have a pre-approval oh, in yes. place rather than a pre-qualifying. Yes, to be honest, as the old phrase goes, pre-qualifying is not worth the paper it's written on because nothing has actually it's been confirmed. Pretty much just a more sophisticated version of going to one of those online calculators. Yeah, yeah and exactly. And genuinely, like, and the idea is we want to avoid disappointment. We don't want our clients... Um, bidding on properties that are outside the price range. If we can't follow up with a mortgage in behind that when they actually secure that property, they're, they're gonna be disappointed. Absolutely. And that's what we wanna avoid. Absolutely. So let's circle back to your seminar. Can you give us a quick bird's eye view of what you're gonna talk about, what we're gonna learn at the seminar? So so at the, the first time buyers seminar that we have coming up, and like you said, the bird's eye view of the seminar is, it's just knowledge. Is is there's a lot in it, and both on the mortgage side of things, and I have a guest speaker coming, Joel Kadish from Kadish Law, based at uh, just north of Young and Finch. Phenomenal guy. I've been working with Joel for a long time, and uh, very engaging, and extremely knowledgeable, and extremely approachable. He's he's going to be there to answer all the the legal questions that um, come up throughout the the buying process. You know, especially with how complicated mm-hmm. some mortgage structures can be, when especially when parents are getting involved and. I suppose, um, you know, relationships, how, well, not everybody's married. It's not as simple as it was in the olden days where you just got married, you bought a home. 
people are getting married a lot later in life and sometimes oh, totally. people are looking to protect their interests as well and so even the, the climate is not the same as it used to be I no mean, we tell people all the time now it used to be you get married you buy the house and you stay in it for 40 years and then you retire and maybe get something smaller yeah and that's not the case anymore we're finding people is about the third house is the house that they actually want. They're yeah. buying something that maybe they don't like that much to get into the market. Then they get something that they like a little bit more, and the the third house is the dream house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would I would agree. And my own experiences will, will testify to that. Yeah. Me and my wife bought our first home. We looked at it. We loved it. We we're like I'm here for ten years. We moved within ten months. Yeah. And it was the second house it was actually the dream home, the one that we've been living in ever since. So it's yeah, I, I would agree with you one hundred percent. So at the seminar itself. Joel is going to be there to answer all the legal questions um, that come up. He's I, people are going to like him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've I've liked him since I first started working with him, and I've, I've been working with him ever since. What they're going to learn from the seminar is just how to be prepared for for purchasing, um, what their options are, what you know, a couple of things. For example, and the biggest one that I find in the industry is debt. Is is we all come with debt of some sort, whether it's um, credit card debt, student loans, um, even a car lease is very impactful on, on us getting approved for mortgage. So the information we're, we're going to be supplying to our clients and, and hopefully the takeaways they're going to take from it is a what they either need to do with their debt to be in a position to buy or how to manage that debt so we can get the, they can get essentially their maximum mortgage money. That's a bit of a mouthful awesome. to say. A little but, bit of strategy component. <laughs> exactly. And, it's, it's, and that's the idea. Like we... Everyone's situation is different. This is a more overview, broad um, ins and outs of what they need to know. And then we will tailor then a solution for each individual person so that they can get that dream home. So there'll be an opportunity to talk to you one-on-one -on -one after oh, the session. Oh, of course. Of course. And, if, and if, if people don't want, if, if, if the attendees don't want to hang around straight away, um, we'll certainly follow up with them. Um, you know, lines of communication are always open. Our doors are always open. We're That's here for great. our clients. That's great. So if you could give me one tip for the average first-time home buyer for our listeners today, what would it be? One tip um, for the average know your options. Make sure the, 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 the biggest one we find is that when a client or when a first-time buyer goes in and looks at their options, they ask about the rate. Right. Rate is hugely important and not to be discounted, but know what you're giving up to get that rate. So if a rate is really, really low and it may seem like it's too good to be true, most of the time it is. There is some clauses in the background that you might notice up front, but if a life event happens down the line, you could be faced with some expensive clauses because they dangle that rate carrot in front of you, basically, and, and, and you accept it. So the best rate is not necessarily the best mortgage. Exactly. So when we tailor a mortgage solution for somebody, it's tailored to them, their needs, and their goals. Whether it's a starter home, whether they're going to be in there for only a couple of years, or whether they're going to be in there for the rest of their lives. We want to make sure that the solution that we're giving a client is suits their needs with regard to rate, potential future life events, movements. Sometimes you, you just got to keep these in the background. You don't know if it's going to happen until it actually happens. Yes, sometimes you want to just be prepared. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. And and that's uh, I can speak to that from experience as well um, so it was a bit of a a long winded answer to that what's the biggest one takeaway is just know what you're signing a mortgage contract is a contract between you and the lender 
know all your options and know all the clauses that are in that contract. Don't just be blinded by that it's the lowest rate. Awesome. That's great advice. So, Gareth, let's talk about the investor seminar now. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah, definitely. Um, mainly how we help clients, I suppose, is, is we help them grow their portfolios. We're helping them create wealth. We do that through real estate. The investor's portfolio is one that's very close to my heart uh, because financial planning has always been part of the industry I've loved. You know, we're here to help. Doing that for a long time. Yeah, well, yeah, like many, many years. And we're, like, we're here to help clients. And we want them to achieve their goals. The, the one challenge we found in the industry is that, like when I took my financial planning courses, there's no section in the books that talk about real estate investment and how you can actually achieve your goals through investing in real estate. And all the wealth I've created in my life and even the clients I used to serve within the bank, um, when we look at how they have created their own net worth, there was real estate involved. In more often than not, I so, think most of the like the wealthy, like I'm talking Rockefeller wealthy yeah. families, are people that have created money through real estate. One hundred percent, and I would agree. And even when we see people, clients with large deposits sitting in their accounts, and you know, as it comes up in conversation, how did you accumulate your wealth? How did you accumulate so much savings? And you know, congratulations. It either may have come from some inheritance or even a property that has been sold. Very often, very rare to be honest, it, it has come from us working hard putting our 10% of our paycheck aside each month, we got to do a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that's just the first step, right? Exactly. You still got to work hard and put yeah. 10% away, but when that 10% accumulates into enough for a deposit, I, for me personally, I think you need to leverage that into something that's going to work harder for you. Oh, 100%, definitely. The, like the message is not don't save. Yeah. Saving is extremely important. We got to be saving every single, oh, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, it's what we do with that savings once we've accumulated it. We want to look at some sort of investment that's going to help us reach our financial goals in the future, whether it's in the short term or the long term. We, how we help our clients is we help them grow those portfolios of real estate to meet those financial goals that they need. Possibly to Possibly different assets based on what your long-term or short-term exactly, goals are. Exactly. So everyone's different. And the one thing we learned from the banking world is when we're sitting down with a client and we're having that conversation, it's what's important to you. What are you looking to achieve? What keeps you up at night financially? So the seminar will basically address those concerns. Um, the seminar that we're doing is going to circle back on those options and you know, maybe give you some ideas of stuff that you can do right now that'll help. Maybe some planning some to that. get you to the next step. 100%. Like the, we call the seminar a brighter future because that's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, can you give me one piece of advice, one tip for someone looking to create a brighter future through real estate? Maybe a blanket solution, or not a solution, but a blanket first step that could apply to the general large amount of people? Uh, do, you, uh, do you know? I, yes, because it's already happened. We are, we sit on a tremendous amount of wealth in our properties. Like we are, we bought our home, and how the property market has performed in the GTA. It's and insane. It's not something someone needs to do going forward. It's something they probably have already done in the past. Buying that first property and and paying on our mortgage, like making our monthly payments. Um, it's already happened. We've already stored up that wealth through the growth of the property market and paying down our mortgage. So, so in short, get in the market. Get in the market, yeah. Don't sit in the sidelines. You have options. Yeah, we, I've got clients that have sat on the sidelines since 2014, 2015, 2016, and the, the market is just passing them by. Every yeah. time they get close, it just the goalpost moves again. Exactly. And you know, we don't want to live with regrets. No, totally. It, yeah. It's super frustrating for these people. They're like, man, if only I had 
pulled the trigger back in 2014, that condo was worth double now. Exactly. I could have bought the house that I wanted. If, if you could travel back in time, and I know it's, it's hypothetical, but if you could I, travel I, back I would 10 buy years. most of the city center. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you could go back 10 years and give a young Chris Crew coach some advice about what to do, knowing what you know now, I'm sure you'd have some very different... Yeah, it would be less beer and chicken wings and more real estate investments. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, 100% agree. Thanks for that tip, Gareth. That's really helpful. So when are these sessions again? The first time homebuyer session is... October 2nd. October 2nd. Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening. And what about the investment seminar? October 16th, again, Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening. And where are these being held? We're holding them at Royal Page Signature in Mississauga, 30 Eglinton Avenue West. Um, I'd make the recommendation to book early, and the seats are filling up quickly. Uh, For October 2nd, I think we only have about 10 seats left. Okay. And for October 16th, it's still early days for October 16th and the investor seminar. Yeah. You don't don't want to end up out in the hallway like some folks did last time. And that was the challenge last time, and and I... I feel it was unfair to those clients who were in the hallway and then found it difficult. Totally, to so that's you why capped we, it this time. And right? that's why we've capped it. Fair enough. So, got, folks, I'm going to put a link in the description if you want to register. It'll take you to an event for a bright page. It's absolutely free. All the information on where it is. What time are they starting, Gareth? We're going to have, I suppose, drinks and nibbles from 6.30 to 7, and then we're going to kick the actual seminar off at, say, 7 o'clock. Great. I hope we get to see a lot of people there. Yeah, I'd love to see you guys there. All right, so before we let you go, Gareth, I've got some questions that have come in from some listeners sure. that well, we've got you. Is that okay? It's a quick fire round. Quick fire round. Are you ready? <laughs> Good. Bring it on. First question, what does a mortgage broker actually do? Um, it's hard to give a quick fire answer to that question, but it's a very valid question. Well, what do we actually do is we work on your behalf. Right. We're here to, as a mortgage broker or mortgage advisor, mortgage expert, the, the, the terms get thrown around, but we're here to basically hold that client's hand throughout the whole process. Make sure they're, they're well-informed about all their buying options and make sure they know the ins and outs of that mortgage contract. We're here to educate on the client on what they're actually getting. And you know, it's not just a one and done. It's not just, here's your mortgage, I'll see you later. Right. We're gonna help the client manage, a lot of the times, a half a million dollar debt. Right. And you wanna get that mortgage paid off as quick as possible? We're here to help them get that paid off as quick as possible. That's great. You, you kind of partially answered this, but I'm going to give you the opportunity yeah. to extrapolate a little bit. Uh, what's the difference between me going to you or going into the bank branch? The Again, I get this question all the time. What do I, again, we're here to to serve the client, make sure they know all their, their, their options, and it's, it's tailoring that solution that's to the client's needs. Um, I've been in this industry 20 years. I've, I've processed over 900 mortgage files, and... I know the ins and outs. I know what the industry offers. The The main difference, and I can speak this experience from my, my time as a branch manager, is that a lot of the time, the person who's giving you advice at the branch is giving you the advice that the bank wants you to get. Right. They, the bank is, a, and I'm no way anti-bank. I do. The banks are a huge supporter of our industry. We do a lot of our business with the banks. And I suppose because of the brand recognition is there, there's a comfort level there. Right. But we just got to be careful that the advice that we're receiving is what's good for you and not what's good for the bank. And I guess each bank has a limited number of products or options, yeah. right? Exactly. Whereas if you look at the industry as, as a whole, there's mm-hmm. a lot more out there. Definitely. And we like we we work at we work with 46 different lenders. So last year we worked with we have access to a whole lot more than that. Yeah. But we we worked with 46 separate lenders in 2018. Wow. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of like. 
there's a perception that it's just the big five, um, a big six, I believe they're called now, but yeah. there's a lot of blenders out there and they all come in different shapes and sizes. Yeah. Um, but you are right. You want to, the reason I mentioned that is we want to make sure that the options the clients are getting, the advice that the client is getting is what's right for them. It's what's tailored towards their goals. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It sounds yeah. like it's really important. Yeah. What, what advice, sorry, to, just to jump back in there, but what advice we give to a young couple starting off in their life versus what advice would an established retired couple would get would, would could be different depending on what they want to achieve. Yeah. More often than not, the retired couple have lived in their home for 40 years. They're not going anywhere. Right. But more often than not, the young couple starting out could be their first step on the ladder. They right. could be growing their family. They might need larger premises they might need they might be in only their second job there could be like three or four career shifts even before knows, right? they yeah before they settle in, in that dream home so i always use the example of life is flexible you want to make sure you have those flexible options with your mortgage totally i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you back to the rapid fire round mm, here sorry yeah no no it's okay we're gonna have the i don't slowest, do rapid fire we're gonna have the slowest that. rapid fire yeah. round in the history of podcasting <laughs> okay. uh what is the difference between say one of those big six banks and a different bank or what are the other options out there well again the 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 difference is in the fine print right it really is the the big banks as as they as they know it's it's, it's a brand right they they and they, they deserve that brand they worked hard to build a brand up there there's a comfort level associated with that and they're there and if that's what's important to a client then that's the solution that we're going to make the recommendation for but what is the difference is that if we look a little bit outside the big six and they're all in the same tier they're all fully regulated they all have to answer to the same financial regulators um, but when we look outside the big six there could be more value like for example if you look at the credit unions some terrific rates out there with also some terrific options the the broker banks the what's called a monoline mortgage financing companies right. lots of different options a bit of a longer conversation to get into the, the depths of so, what each and each, each one does. Yeah, but maybe the big, a conversation for another day. Yeah. Exactly, or even another podcast. But yeah. the the difference, another episode of the podcast, I should say, <laughs> not somebody else's. But I hope not. <laughs> exactly. But the main difference is literally what's in the fine print. So again, I go back to that initial point that we first made when we started. The average Canadian asked those three questions, lender, rate, payment. Right. Have a look at the fine print. It is so important. There's a lot of terms that people don't yeah, even know. Yeah, yeah. Like the phrase buyer beware yeah. is very applicable when, when it comes to your mortgage. Okay. So the next question, what's the difference between a fixed and adjustable rate or a fixed and a variable rate, I think is the right term. Well, again, yeah, the the, the difference is, well, a fixed rate, you've you got that comfort level. You know what's going to be your payment on a monthly basis. Variable can adjust depending on what's going on in the economy and what the Bank of Canada do. Right. Which is the right option for a client or for or a buyer? Well, that depends on that person and that person's goals. Right. That's why you would need to tailor this, tailor the solution to what you maybe even see in your own future. So I always go back to the, the phrase we use in the industry, the lowest rate is not necessarily the cheapest. Right. So we want to look at the whole mortgage contract. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So again, if someone goes, what's your lowest rate? Yeah, it could be the fixed rate. But if they need to break that fixed rate midterm, not so, not so cheap anymore. Yeah, it's not so cheap anymore. And that's why you need to. we need to look at the full picture. We need to look at the bigger picture. What's the right solution for you? And what's the right solution for your life plan or path? So just out of curiosity, Gareth, what's, uh, what's five-year money going for these days? It's, and which is the most common question that we get. What yeah. is the five-year fixed rate? Again, that, that's the question we're trained to ask. 
is what is the five-year fixed rate. The good news is the five-year fixed rate is extremely low. We're, we're talking 2.39. Wow. It's practically free money. It is practically free money. There's like saving accounts that are actually offering higher interest on you your savings. Could, you can get you a mortgage can... and put the money into a savings exactly. account. And exactly. Come on ahead. So just, sorry, Gareth, I don't know if you're going to have a number on this or not. At, at the 2.39 or even say 2.5%, yeah. from the first day, about what percentage of your payment is going to principal and, and how much is going to interest? It's... It's got to be like over half. It is over, just over half. I think yeah. it's about 55%. Wow. So if you've got a payment of about $3,000, yeah. maybe... fifteen, $1,600 are going back in your pocket. Every month, exactly. Every so month. The, the difference at thirteen, fourteen hundred is what's going towards interest. And if you think about it, like, even it's rent. Like if you're renting at the moment and you're paying $2,000, if you've got a mortgage, you can think about it, you're renting that money from the bank and that's essentially a rent payment. Totally. That rest is going back to you. It's a little bit cheaper equity. than a regular rent exactly. payment to GTA these exactly. days. Exactly. Because that rent, every time you make that payment, that money is going back to you and stored equity in the property. Totally. You're growing your wealth day by growing day. Growing equity all the time. Exactly. Okay, next question. Uh, how important is my credit score in getting a mortgage? And as a follow-up to that, uh, when you're checking and taking shopping me around to these different banks, how is that affecting my credit score? Excellent. Yeah, no, fantastic question, Chris. And we, we get this one all the time. Um, credit... Is, is, is so essential in, in this country um, for, for anything you want to do even if you wanted to, if you're looking to rent they're doing credit checks on you um, especially if you're trying to get a mortgage if, if the bank's going to lend you anywhere from three to five hundred thousand dollars to get for, for a property they're going to want to make sure that you're, you're credit worthy there's a good and, chance you're going to give it back exactly <laughs> they're going to make those payments on a monthly basis so yeah the credit is essential the the I suppose without Wanting to go too far into the numbers, but a general rule of thumb is try and keep your credit above the 680 region. And okay. if we were to give a tip about credit, which I would love more of listeners out there to know, when it comes to revolving credit, like your credit cards, your lines of credits, one thing just keep on your mind so that your credit does stay strong is try not go over those 50% of your limits. So, for example, your credit card, $10,000 limit try and keep your spending to about $5,000, basically half of what that limit is. The reason being is once you start going above that five, 50%, it starts looking like you're a little bit stretched, you're relying on credit too much, and it does start pulling your score down. So just be mindful of that. That's really important yeah, to know. I didn't even know that. There you go. There you go. That's a great tip. You're welcome. Oh, on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. Sure. We're all out of time for today. Thank you so much for oh, your time. Welcome. I really Thanks. appreciate you coming in. This was awesome. Thank Some you very much. Great information for my listeners out there. Uh, Garris information if you need to get a hold of him or if you have any more in-depth questions about your specific situation uh, I'll put his information in the description all the information on the seminars will be there and we hope to see you on October 2nd have a great day guys thank you everyone bye